Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Talkoma FD. Talkoma FD. Yeah, what's up? Hi Kev. Hi, this is uh, 11. This is the 11th episode it of is this. The 11th episode. God, it feels like, you know, we've and, been doing this for And a long I'm going to turn over a new leaf for the 11th time. What's that? What's your new leaf? I uh I was recently watching Andrew Santino. Yeah. On his podcast, yeah. Whiskey Ginger, of which we have been guests. Yes. And I decided I liked his demeanor so much, his his uh, ray of sunshine personality, that I wanted to emulate that. And I'm not going to bicker with you What's ever. his demeanor? You're talking about like he's just he's he's just a, lovely, a nice fella. I would like to be known as a nice person. Sure. Okay. Like I want people to watch me and be like, he seems like a nice uh, salt of the earth guy. I think people think that anyway. Really? Yeah. I oh. mean, they don't know you, so... Now why? But, See, um, this is what happens. This is what happens, Kev. Like, what? This is the first test. See, it is the first test. This is the first test. Weather that storm. I'm going to weather it and just- Weather that storm. You're going to be like, come on, Kevin. Come on. Stop See? it. That's it. Now you should turn the Now hit me on this one. Now get me again, Kevin. That now was hit a, me on this That one. was a good zinger. That was actually a really good joke. Thanks, man. Because like, they don't know you. Because they don't know you're sure. a dick is what you're trying to say. Sure, sure, sure. That's, but, a, that's the positive. Hey, that's a really good joke. Man. Yeah, that is a great joke. It's a good joke. No wonder. You are a great comedy writer. Well, I'll tell you what. This uh, episode uh, is all about you. Yeah. So, like they all should be. That's good. That's we like. It. So, uh, uh, it's Peninsula Life, directed by me. Yeah. Written by Paul Soder. Yes. Who we will visit with. Yeah. Shortly, he's going to join us on the show. Ooh. Um, and um, you know, we we had this idea to do this. Uh, oh, is there anything you want to talk about before I start talking about the, where the idea for the episode? Came no, from? I already did it. Anything in your life that you want to talk about? Or? Just that I watched Andrew Santino on the Whiskey Junior podcast, and I'm you know I'm going to be a ray of sunshine from now. I'm salt of the okay. earth. I have already. Hey, I love your clammy hand. I have already passed the first test. Yeah, which which, which is you sassing me, like picking a fight right off okay. the bat. Okay. Oh, oh, oh! I saw for a second. <laughs> I, I, I saw for a second it there. It flashed. It flashed. It flashed. But <sighs> those little red eyes. I saw for a second. I know. Yeah. It's like, like I'm a Sith. I know. Like the Sith revealed himself. Fight I know. it, man. Fight it. I fought, I already fought it. It's just a question of like how much do I push it now? You know what I mean? Like how far should I go in terms of like trying to draw the devil out of you? Push it. You can push it. I don't want to. Push it real good. Bum, 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 bum. All right, okay. That's... No, I love it. <laughs> Whatever, bro. But it doesn't matter. This this is about uh, this episode about finding your dreams and your hopes and your um, right. Well, this, I, it's this, also it's a Paniziful life. It's it's kind of like this moment that we're having right yeah. now. It's Eddie Panisi finding out what life would have been right. like What's had important? he not been born. Right. And yes, coming to the realization of what is important, but yeah. that we put a little twist on it. Yes. Well, what we wanted to do, it's a wonderful life. We wanted to do, uh, it's got Wizard of Oz, it's got Christmas Carol, it's got a bunch of different elements to it, right? Mm -hmm. And the idea was to do this kind of more fantastical episode about Eddie Panisi learning about himself. But the, the spin is that uh, unlike those other things, you know, where he finds out that, you know, people are worse off uh, if he doesn't participate in their lives, Eddie finds out that everyone is very much better off yeah. when he's not around. I thought you were supposed to show me that their lives were worse without me, not better. He has a negative impact on That's everyone's right. life, including right. the angel who is sent to <laughs> save him correct. at the end. Uh, but the beauty of it is he doesn't care. Eddie doesn't care. He doesn't care. Like Coach Deion Sanders, the end. he doesn't care what you think of That's him. That's right. In the end. In the end, Eddie is just Eddie. He's just Eddie. And he realizes, even though he knows, uh, you know, that... Uh, Lawrence the angel has descended into the depths of hell. He's like, ah, oh, whatever. What are you gonna do? Yeah. 
and walks away. How's it? Well, who cares? That's Eddie. Yeah. What can you, what can you do? Well, you think that there are any like um, deep uh, issues that you're working out um, as you know, uh, Steve Lemmy. When we're shooting this episode, I mean, this is a, a really soul searching episode. A guy like you coming off COVID. Nah. <laughs> no. What I yes would... and bro. No. Well, I'll tell you. I will yes and you. But here's the thing. My, nah. I was, I was fortunate in that my COVID was very, very mild. Right. Um, I, I was vaccinated. I, I honestly, like right now I have a head cold that I believe was worse than my, my okay. particular case of COVID. Okay. And Cheers. that was my first time yeah. with it. Now, like, I know that, um, you know, the, 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 the only sort of like morality issue or mortality issue, like the only issue I was dealing with was the fact that I had thrown in our block because I I contracted it in our block yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, right. I had thrown a party, a, J- a July 4th party. Right. Which you were a guest at. I was there. And this is two and years the, ago. Uh, many members of the cast and crew were there. Yeah, this is 2022. And yeah. Some of our producers were there. Our executive yeah. producers were yeah. there. And I got COVID. Right. So the speculation may have been that I got it at that party. But I don't think, I thought we ruled that out, just the timing of it. The doctor has ruled it out yeah, right. uh, because I got COVID the very next day. Yeah, too soon. Yeah, that was a July 5th thing. I got COVID. And um, and so uh, if anything, I was feeling some guilt, uh, even though I had a feeling I didn't catch it at my party and it was confirmed. Yeah. Uh, the speculation that, you know, others were feeling towards me that I might have shut down production. Right. Oh, I see. Yeah, you feel a little guilty. But a, a little bit. But the, the nice thing was we actually only lost a day um, because uh, thanks to some quick thinking by you oh. on the day, because you, you are a schedule and budget master. Thank you. Uh, you decided, okay, you know what? I'm You, I, Kevin Heffernan, I'm going to yeah. step in and direct the episode that... Uh, you did a whole juggle, and, and it turned out that we only missed one day of filming. Yeah. And, I mean, we lost some money. Oh, yeah. To uh, make up for it, but we, we could have lost more. Sure. Um, but we wound up switching episodes to direct, and we, you know, switched some things around on the schedule, and ultimately we lost just one day of, of worked it out. filming. It got worked out. But it was important to work it out because this episode's all about you. Correct. So we had to make sure we had you. Correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, of course, you go, and what happens is you get a, a superstar guest star, and you book them for certain dates, and you can't fuck with those dates. No. And so uh, uh, this idea always required finding this guardian angel character. Correct. Uh, you know, much like uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. And um, we were lucky enough to get Tony Danza to play your guardian angel. Yes. And so what we wanted, when we were writing the script, we had determined that we wanted was uh, an angel that I would look up to. Right. That was sim- that was similar to you. Yeah. Same food group. Right. Angelic. Right. And what... <laughs> and what we, we heard a guffaw from, uh, from over That's there in the, I love it. in the booth. I love that. And... Uh, and our our first choice was a young actor by the name of Anthony Danza. That's right, Tony yeah. Danza. Um, and to our surprise, yeah, we got him. Uh, shocking! It's always shocking when you can get. I mean, we grew up watching Taxi, and 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 he was a guy that's always been. The, you know, I mean, you look at his career; it's quite it's amazing. He's done it all. You know, he's on TV and movies. He had his own talk show. He was a song and dance guy. He had stage shows. Like he's done it all. 
and uh, and then to think that you would get him come be on our show, it's really kind of shocking. But the reality is he actually has the same agent as Joey Pants. Right. Right? And so we just begged that guy. and uh, It's the agent that uh, represents Italian actors? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> in New York? Yeah. Uh, and so um, we made this offer to him, and he came and he did it. Yeah. And it was sh- stunning to us. Well, it was funny, too, because like we have a, we have a long history with, with Tony Danza. Not just like... Um, Growing up with, you know, I mean, look, right. I don't want to sound like an old guy, but like, sure, when we were kids, uh, there were only three networks on television. <laughs> oh. What? You, really? know, you, you can't talk about the past without sounding old. Sure. But that's just the case. And, and here's another one. You want to hear another thing? Was, yeah. Was old? When we came out of college, the internet didn't exist. There was no internet. There was no cell phones. No cell phones. No cell phones. Can you believe that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, it makes you sound old, but yes. Right, but there the are only three th- uh, three networks on television, right. ABC, NBC, and CBS, yeah. and Tony Danza was on the number one show. Yeah. So there were not that many shows, so like this was rarefied Taxi. air. Taxi was the yeah. show. Yeah. It was an excellent show. Wonderful show. And he was one of, the, he, was, he was a newcomer to Hollywood, and yeah. he was a standout. And we, we loved this guy. Like, we were little kids watching this guy. We loved that guy. Tony loved Vanta him. was the name yeah. of that character. And then he was on Who's the Boss right. for a bunch Forever. of years. Yeah. And it was like, that was another number one show. We were like, this guy's awesome. Yeah. And then he was in, like, Cannonball Run. He was in all these movies. And anyway. But and, you had a personal yeah. uh, connection to him that was related to Broken Lizard. Right. Right, which made this all the better. Yeah, so we had, uh, I think we, we, we had just finished filming Club Dread, and we had signed with an, a new agency at the time, uh, yeah. UTA. UTA, and United Talent Agency. Yeah, well, you are still with them. I am, I am no Correct. longer. Yeah. But, at the, but then in New York, I was, I was there in my apartment on West 86th Street, and I got a you know, manila envelope in the mail, Yeah, and I opened it up, and it was an autographed headshot. Tony Dan's a headshot, and it, it said, uh, "Steve, uh, big fan of your work. I just signed with UTA too. Uh, we should work together sometime. Best, Tony Danza." <gasps> and one of your heroes. I was like, "It pays to go to his agency." And I, I was like, "Okay, something's rotten here. I smell a rat. Like yeah. this doesn't just yeah. just happen immediately." I'm like, "Okay, it's Broken Lizard. Somebody in Broken Lizard." And so you know. First two calls are to you and Chandra Sekar, like the bigger dicks in the group. Sure. And, you know, I like, never. probably called you first. I was yeah. like, did you? I actually probably called Jay first. It was like, because yeah. he's the biggest dick in the group. <laughs> and and was like, did you? I just got something in the mail today. Do you know anything about it? And he's like, no. How, well, how would I? Like, what did you get? And right. I was like, it's, uh, I got an autographed Tony Danza headshot. Very funny. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, you telling me you didn't send me this uh Tony Danza headshot, and he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What is it? And I t- told him. Yeah. And he was like, holy shit, that's amazing. I had the same, f- and no, it's not me. Right. Uh, I wish it was. Then uh, same conversation with you, then uh, Stolhansky, then Soder. Everybody denied it, and I, I actually was like, holy shit, this is a real thing. Sure. I started telling people about it. Yep. I got a frame for it, and I didn't frame anything. It, it framed it, it. Back then. Yeah. And uh, put it. I put it up right in the front hall, like in right, that. Right when you walk in your front door, it's sitting right there. First thing right you there. see right there is your uh, New York City apartment. Autographed Tony Danza headshot. Yeah. You have to ask about it. Right. Well, hello. Do you know Tony Danza? Is this real? Yeah. Is he a fan of you? Yeah. yeah. Apparently, he's a fan of mine. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, and uh, you know, bragged about it with like you know, girls are like Tony Danza headshot. Yeah. You know, 
And uh, eventually, I don't know, I don't know what what uh, triggered it, but you know, probably like two years later, yeah. Uh, Jay Shander Sekar came clean and said he admitted that he was the one who, who hoaxed me. Got his hands on some some uh, headshot. Tony Danza glamour shot. Yeah, signed it. Sent it to Boom. me. Knew you, I was gullible enough yeah. to believe you it. Took it hook, line, and sinker. Hook, line, and sphincter. <laughs> the hook, line, and sphincter. <laughs> I uh, I went for the Tony Danza, and uh, it was but whatever. Then it became. Uh, it changed, but it was now the butt of the joke thing, and, and you kept the picture up, and it was still a funny... It's a great story. It's yeah. a funny story about a prank a friend played on you. Yeah. But it, it connected you forever to Tony Danza. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when we got Tony on the show, we, you know, I think it was at that first day, or whatever, there was a picture of you guys, and, and we sent it to the Broken Lizard guys, and they're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And it was like the cherry on the top of this... You know Tony Danza's story, which it, I think was fantastic. It was like it, it, I wonder if there's if there's an emotion that we haven't invented yet. It was ex- jealousy and excitement. Is there such a word for that? Yeah, excitement. Just excelsi. But I think that's what that, they even said as much. Like this is unbelievable, yeah. but also we're jealous. Yeah. And I, you know, I, like I, I, I took a picture with him. I, I was starstruck. Yeah. When Tony Danza showed up, like I was, I, it's like, there's a moment, you know, when you, when, you know, in, in this industry, when you know, you're going to meet a famous actor who you yeah. admire for years and you have to like, but you hope they're, they're not, you know, well, you, you, you hope, hope they're good guys. You hope they're good guys <laughs> and you hope you don't dork out too badly. Right. But you did, you dorked out. I totally dorked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I will do, I dorked out with Patrick Swayze and, sure. and like, uh, you know, I, I dorked out with Tony Danza, but I, I, I said, I'm starstruck. Could we take a picture together? And this was with, within like twenty minutes of meeting him, and I think he might have been off put by that. Oh, really? I I, I think so. I, th- oh, I, I think he, it all the time. Oh, I on. think. Well, I think that's the thing. It's like, okay. and sometimes you go on a but set. We're working together. We're working together. I think you go on a set, and you're like, I, you know, like I, I don't have to deal with that. Sure. But like, uh, but I was dorking out. Well, the nice thing was that the guy was delightful, and uh, he has so many great stories, and you know, we have footage of him. We'll put it up, but. Uh, you know, he would he would walk around playing his ukulele. He came into the makeup trailer and he would sing songs to people. And and you know, not in an uncomfortable way or anything, but it was just a it was just a pleasure. It was like, look at this guy. I mean, he's a he's really kind of this kind of guy, Renaissance man kind of guy. He had all kinds of talents, and he was gregarious and happy to be on the set. And it was it made it delightful because you know sometimes people show up on the thing and they're not what you hoped. Correct. He was a guy that was fantastic, and so he told stories. And you know, we'll we'll get him on our podcast uh, at some point soon. But um, I followed him around like you a did, puppy like a dog. dog. Yeah, it was nice because because I wasn't directing. Yeah, that's always the thing. Is like when you direct, you don't have any free time. Yeah, you are directing, and you're done with one shot. You're on to the next shot. When you're just acting in the episode, you can you know be somebody's bitch. And yeah. I I I sat with him. And would listen. I asked him questions. Yeah. Like, it'd be like, what's the coolest thing you've ever done in Hollywood? <laughs> you know, and like, who's the coolest person you've ever worked with? I don't want to tell his stories. No, nah, no, we'll get him coming. We'll get him on here to, point, yeah. to tell these stories. Yeah. But like, but it was so surreal. It's one of those, we've had these surreal moments. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, uh, working with Cloris Leachman. Yeah. 
or Michael mm-hmm. Clark Duncan or Bill Paxton yeah. or now, you know, here we are with Tony Danza. We were like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> this is Tony Danza. And we've got him on Tacoma FD. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think he had a good time, too. I mean, he, he did a great job in the role. He, he really wanted to, to do Heaven Can Wait. He was a huge fan of Here Comes Mr. Jordan, which was the 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 um, the precursor to Heaven Can Wait. And he really uh, wanted to play that character. Yeah. And so he was like, he wanted to talk like him and walk like him and present himself because he, he was a huge fan of that movie. And this gave him the opportunity to do that. And I think he had a blast doing it. Mm-hmm. And we did, you know... His wardrobe was fantastic, thanks to Kelly Kwan. Uh, all that green screen stuff he loved, you know, it was the falling into hell and the going to the waterfalls, which is, a, which is fucking great, uh, and whooshing through the walls and all that stuff. I, I think he really had a good time doing that stuff. So, you know, it, it's good when he can come and have fun and we have fun. And Well, so here's here's my counter to that. Yeah. Here's my counter to that. This, this is one of my favorite things, like... It's kind of like when we worked with Brian Cox yeah. on Super Troopers, where you realize this is a classically trained actor, and here we are, a bunch of college friends who are like, blah, 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 blah. and that was like, you know, I think that, you know, Mr. Danza is yeah. accustomed to like professional actors. Well, maybe, but it's not like he's, a, he's not, a, like Tony Danza's not a Shakespeare guy. No, he's not a Shakespeare he's guy. A, he's a TV guy. Right. right. But he, and, like, so he showed up and he knew his lines, every oh, single line. Hit his mark, knew his line. Perfectly. Yeah. He was the only one though. Because the rest of us are like, <laughs> you know, because we're used to like kind of working it out on the day. And like, right. you know, I mean, look, we know our lines, but it's like, we start improvising and we know it's kind of loose. Yeah. And I, th- I thought that like, I thought Tony, what, I thought that was an adjustment for Tony to see like, cause he knew all his lines and he would sit there and wait. And one of us would be like, <laughs> oh, is my line? Yeah. A Lambo? <laughs> Tony, Tony's getting irritated now. But you knew your lines. I mean, I think you're selling yourself short there. Oh, I know. I, mean, I knew did, my lines. You did all right. You I knew my fine. lines. Yeah. yeah. And it's 90% Lemmy. That's this episode. It's, it's, it's 90% Lemmy, 5% Tony Danza, and then the rest of us. God, that's got to be a good name for a, a movie right there. 90% Lemmy. 90% Lemmy. The way I like it. And I, I think it came out great. I had a great time with him. And we had yeah. a lot of laughs there. Yeah. I got to know him. We had uh, a lot of fun. You know, we had uh, behind the scenes. You know, we had a lot of guest actors. Yep. We had a lot of people playing multiple roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Hassie got to play uh, Lucy and Lukey and uh, a she-wolf. Yes. Yeah. And um, that was another very fun element of it was Hassie doing the... Uh... Multiple characters. Yeah. The the problem was uh, it was kind of like a flashback thing though, because um, I don't. Sometimes we, for some reason, we do this all the time to ourselves. Is we have these people playing multiple characters in the same show, and you forget, you know, like uh, it requires a lot more time and work to do that because you know people don't realize it. Like you sit in the writers' room and it's like, why don't we have someone play two characters or whatever? And you're like, because you have to shoot it twice mm-hmm. and you're always fighting the time anyway and, and you know to be able to have to shoot a scene like you have to shoot the whole scene with the person as one character all the angles mm-hmm. then you have to change them change them over and you have to shoot the scene again hey mom hey dad somebody howl for the she-wolf oh nice vicky and wolf have hey mom hey dad someone cried for the she-wolf Vicky and Wolf made a loose. And we learned that on Quasi. Quasi was a was a was a nightmare for that. Where Quasi was like we had multiple pe- people playing multiple parts. And we had 
uh, me on stage against myself. Well, and, that's the, that's the additional challenge is when you're putting those people with character changes in the same scene. Right. And so, and we learned that on Slam and Salmon, where yeah. you're split screening <laughs> right. an identical twin. And but we, we had just come off quasi, uh, uh, you know. So you were well thing. oiled by that. Well, time. no, I was like, you, you know, why do you do this to yourself? You know what I mean? Because uh, from the from from that shooting that scene where Hassie's playing those two characters in the same scene together, the office scene, that takes a full day because you have to do the whole scene twice, well, everything twice. Uh, hey, by the way, yeah. we're doing that. And you've got these two Italian guys whooshing through walls. <laughs> yeah. So we have to do the, the whooshes. And sometimes okay. you've got a green screen in there as well. Sure, sure, sure. So, but, you know, the end result is... is well, but for the actor, I think, like, like I think Hassie had a great time. Like, she had, you know, to dress her up as Lukey, and she got the mustache. And, you know, I think she really leaned into having a good time playing a man. You know, Man. it was funny. Anytime, you know? anytime I think that an actor puts on a wig or puts on some facial hair or changes their gender or does anything completely off the wall or, or change their person, their persona. Yeah. You know, it's like in this episode also, we've got Heather Mazur playing Vicky, but now yeah. she's, she's with wolf. Un- unlocked yeah. with Wolf. Right. And we've also got Wolf, who's not playing his typical Wolf. He's playing cool Wolf. Right. And anytime characters get to do that with like an accoutrement, they really love it. They dig into it. Yeah. And, uh, and they enjoy themselves. Well, also for her, I think, which was great, you know, uh, we talk about that, you know, the firefighter world is a very male environment and the cast is relatively male. Yeah. And I think Hassie, this was a chance for her to make fun of us. Yeah. And it was like the way she sat and the way she talked and the way she itched her, you know, whatever it was, you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. there are funny elements that she put in there. I think she had a good time. Oh yeah. Cutting loose with that stuff. No, she loved, first making of all, fun of men is what she did. First of all, she got to dick tap people. <laughs> yeah. And you know, she got to do the think quick with the football. She got to tug on her crotch and scratch her, her, her nuts. Great. She got to, you know, speak a low voice and be a dummy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She loved it. It was great. Um, Another thing that I think was fun about this episode, and I don't know, maybe it was because the dump of the end of the season, but like we were able to put into this episode a, a, a bevy of things that we had personal problems with. Like what happens is you spend all your time in the writer's room, in the writer's room, and you might bitch about this or that and the other thing. And then the writers, you know, they key into that and they're like, hey, this would be a great thing for your character. And there's a, a shitload of those in this episode. And one of them that motivates you uh, uh, from the opening scene was this this uh, flavored water, this flavored seltzer water hatred that you have. You people never listen to me. Those drinks are a scam. You only drink them because they're trendy. And that hatred started like probably season two in the writer's room. Definitely season two. Uh, where that was kind of all the rage and there was all those different kinds of flavored seltzer water and the Spindrift and in the LaCroix and all those things. And you uh, particularly uh, disliked that stuff and were particularly vocal about it to the point where it was kind of all filed away because the writers, they love their Spindrift and they love their LaCroix. I- and uh, you were against that. And by the time we got to this episode, it was like, boom, it's all going into the episode. Look, I'm not a, a club soda. I'm not a seltzer guy. Yeah. Like, I don't like, I think it tastes, tastes different. It doesn't taste right. like water. Okay. It's, yeah, it's supposed to be a little different. Yeah. Y- yeah, yeah. It doesn't, t- but I'm just talking about seltzer. It's got bubbles. It's got bubbles. And it's yeah. like, and that like, all of a sudden it's like burning your throat a little bit. It's mm-hmm. a little hot. Okay. You okay. know, and it's like, I like that in my soda or my beer because there's a taste sure. involved. Okay. So now they're making a soda. 
Right. Okay. Or a, a soda light thing. And yeah. it's like, you know, like I, I get that, you know, you go to a restaurant, you have a cucumber water. Hey, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. You put lime in your club. So it's a little nice. It's refreshing and everything. But now all of a sudden, they're, they're, okay, LaCroix. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, can I get a LaCroix? Yeah. We, it was, that was the writer's room. It was like the refrigerator was stocked with LaCroix or Spinter or whatever, the cucumber flavored. And they, oh, try this flavor. There was a lot of that going on with the writers. Well, and it, it, uh, it well, put you off a little bit. Okay, there. and so it's so, uh, you know, just back, <laughs> just backing it up a little bit. And so you know, like Lacroix, and this is, I'm not, you know, like people love Lacroix. Go with God, Lacroix. Go yeah. with God. But like Pomplemousse as a fucking flavor. Like, Are you fucking kidding me? Pomplemousse is your flavor. Okay, okay. And people are like, no, Pomplemousse is great. Yeah, like Michael Jam. He's like, no, Pomplemousse is like the best flavor in the world. <laughs> you know, and people are like, uh, any, and 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 then okay, so Spindrift comes, and then like there's a, a bunch of these other ones, uh, like and yeah, it's season two was when. They were exploding. They were exploding, and it's and they had the, the dumbest names. Like, yeah. uh, well, that's what that's the joke that we did, right? Where we it was like once we put it in, we we're like, let's you know, let's, let's make fun of this. I tried this fizzle fruit guava jalapeno, my friend. <laughs> and the lipid pamplemousse is always a solid choice, but there's barely any flavor. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you drink something with hardly any flavor? I don't know, cause it's good. Just a whiff. But like well, like a few of them didn't clear because they were actually, like we had something called they, Hint. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, that's a real product. You're like, Hint of flavor. Of course yeah. it is. Of course it's a real product. But it started out with Le Plou in season one or two. Right. Because we were making fun of LaCroix. Yeah, Le Plou. And then the rest of the ones that we did, well, Fizzle Fruit is in this episode too. Right. And that was just a silly one. But then we did Barely, Whiff, Smidge, and Mention. Yeah. Were the, the different ones to just... Just had a smidge of flavor, a mention of flavor. Well, because because know. it's also like there's a cultish thing about this. Yeah. It's like it becomes a fad. Like all of a sudden, all of our writers, every time somebody goes to the fridge, they're like, bring me a th- bring me a skin drift. Bring me, <laughs> bring me a, a hint. Bring me a, can I get a grape? And, and then and, and I, they're all like, try this one because they know I hate them. So they're like, come on, you're, this one's actually really good. And, and, and by the way... We had people sending them to like, a, like, because one of our writers started putting it on social media. Right. Like, oh, hey, I really like this. And now the company. So the company said, like, Waterloo or whoever was sending us, you know, uh, you know, the flavored salsa water, which only drove you bananas. They're getting advertising here for yeah, free. Yeah, okay. So yeah. look at them back. I want to be a rave sunshine. Well, that's good. But you thing. were that guy. And so it got written in that that was be the genesis of you banging your head was that you hated these drinks so much, Eddie Panisi. Yes. That it caused him injury. Right. And it caused him to go on this journey. Right. Uh, and when you come back out of it, it's the thing that sets you off. And so that was a real life thing. And, you know, one of the funny one parts is when you decide you're going to create your own. Yeah. And you drink the water and you fart into the glass. Right. There you go. Panisi fruit. Grape. <laughs> You're gross. I'm not sure it works. When we do these things, we like to craft these farts. And this fart crafting in the sound room was uh, significant. We put, the, we put like a standard issue fart in there. And then you wanted to have the fart have a little question mark on the end. I like it. it to go up at the end. Like a <laughs> little inquisitive fart. And so the sound guys... <laughs> put together like three different farts and layered them on top of each other and uh, and made it kind of like question mark at the end. Yeah. And I, I always find those moments to be fantastic. I mean, they happen in Brooklyn a lot where you are in a room with technicians, 
a room full of technicians yeah. uh, whose job is to bring your vision to life. And that vision is, I want a fart that goes extra long and has a question mark on the end. <laughs> and, and then there are these professionals that make that happen for you. It's funny because you say Broken Lizard. I find it in Tacoma FD. Also, yes. You and I have sat there because, you know, it's like in uh, in season one, in episode 107, when you're sick off of the, you've been using the mayonnaise as moisturizing cream. Right. And now you're ill. Like you you had one at the end of that episode in the hospital bed. <laughs> stressed, stressed. A fart, yeah. Yeah, that a we fart crafted. that yeah. we crafted. Yeah. And we've crafted, and they have to be, we have specific tastes. Right. Um, but yeah, this one was, I think, maybe the most... There's one in Quasi. That I remember. It's the same sound guys. Yeah. Of the Pope farting as he runs down the aisle. Right. And he... we crafted that uh, and went back through various iterations. Holy shit, I have to take a holy shit. <laughs> Super Troopers 2, the fart uh, through the heat vision, where Favre is pissing and yeah. he farts while he's pissing. It's like a walking hydrothermal explosion. That went through like 25 wonderful giant chain emails with studio people on it and people looking at this. The color's not right or the fart sound's not big enough, you know, and there's these people like weighing in because their job depends on it. But these are all, now think about this. Think about this. I know people say we're juvenile, but this is real life here. And here's the thing. Think about the four farts we've described. Yes. The first one. Yeah. Episode 107. You're sick. Yeah. It's a sick fart. It is a sick fart. It has to be a sick, gassy fart. It's heavy. Could, could. Yeah, it's heavy. Could be a shark. Like, it's (laughs) it's sick. Yes. You know, and- There's something wrong in there. And that's something that needs to be conveyed. Yes. The, the, uh, the quasi fart. Yeah. That's a fart of a man who's running, who desperately needs to go- Take a holy shit. Take a holy shit. Holy shit. I gotta take a holy shit. He's running, and it's, it's a race to the toilet, and he's farting. He can't- he doesn't yeah. want to fart because yeah. he doesn't know if he's going to let it go. But that's a... Fur, 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 and the fur, echo fur. of a church, the gigantic expanse of a church yeah. changes the sound okay. of it. That's a type of fart that we all know. Yes. Yeah. That we all know. Right. The, the third the fart, fart in church. Yeah. Farva's fart. Super Troopers 2. That's Farva taking a piss and bl- ripping farts. And he's already eaten a bunch of uh, free desserts oh, what are, yeah. from, the, sure. from the diner. Yeah. And he's, you know, he, I mean, he ate some free desserts. Yeah. And so, and he's blasting farts. Yeah, and pissing. Yeah. And these have to be sloppy Farva farts while he's, but like, right. a, just a, like a, he didn't think anybody's paying right. attention. Like, With a visual element to it. Correct. Right. The heat sensor. Yeah. But so, but that's, I'm just saying that, for, let's, let's take the visual element out of it. It's like, yeah. that's a certain man. Certain type of man, uh, with a certain amount of food in his body. That's yes. a certain and, and and relieving himself. Right. And this one, yeah, is Eddie Panizzi. Yeah, trying to make a point. Mm-hmm. It's a nice clean. He's eaten a grape. Yeah. He's we're, we he don't, just worked out. We don't need to go for a shock joke. He's slightly here. sweaty. We, we his ass is slightly sweaty. Slightly. <laughs> but we don't need to go. We don't need to go for shock jokes here. Okay. I know it's a fart joke, but okay. we don't need to make it a sloppy one. Okay. But it is long and excessive. But there's a question mark at yeah, the end. And I love it. And it's a nice, clean ending. It's boop. That's his point. Yeah. Boom. Right. Here it is. And here's the drink. And the funny thing is we actually have multiple endings for this. It's the, it's the cold open yeah. of the episode where first they make, of course, they make Mickleberry. The kid drink it, yeah. And then we were like, 
well, somebody else has to drink right. it, and we had it where then Ike drank, Ike drank it. it, and then we had the version where then Granny's like, yeah, he takes more footage, and he it, likes yeah. it, right, and then I right. think, and then Lucy did Maybe it. Maybe she drank it too. Yeah, I don't know. Everybody drank it. It just went on a little too long. It's a little too long, kind of like this uh, yeah. discussion, fart conversation. Uh, one of the other things uh, we talked about was your, uh, which we make fun of, is your love for soccer. We do that very briefly at the beginning of that episode of. Of you uh, excited about what is it, the Italian league or something? Is that what you're trying? You're taping it on the thing or whatever it is. AC Milan is currently number one in Calcio A, but Sassuolo, Juventus, Atalanta, and Udinese are currently in contention. Are those cars or? They're soccer teams, bro. See, like even right here. And look, I'm going to remain a joy, a a, a ray of sunshine. I'm being tested once again, but I won't fall for the temptation because that's the devil. So, uh, Kevin, like the disdain in your voice, uh, how you just described my love of soccer, like you won't even give it the proper respect. Like what is it, the Italian, the Italian, the Italian league or something like that? What it, like your back is basically turned <laughs> towards you. Like you're James so. Is the thing. Was it like, or the like cars? Is that a car? Yeah. yeah. And uh, they're soccer teams. Well, but we, but by the way, we also uh, trimmed up the list because we did a number of different. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Panisi listing off the different yes. soccer teams. And we did one take that was like... I think you might say it. AC Milan is currently number one in Calcio A, but Sassuolo and Juventus, Atalanta, Cagliari, Lazio, Sampdoria, far. <laughs> but Sassuolo, Juventus, Atalanta, Cagliari, Lazio, Roma, Napoli, and Udinese are all in contention. Oh, and I forgot about Salvadoro. But that's a conversation you and I have had yes. so many times. I grew up playing soccer, watching yes. soccer. My father's from Argentina. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, my children play soccer mm-hmm. now. Right, mine did too. Uh, we like international soccer. We watch the World Cup. Sure, sure. Argentina is the defending world champions. Oh, Thank you. Oh, Gracias a Dios, Lionel Messi. <laughs> uh, and you hate fucking soccer. I don't hate soccer. Soccer is also a... a pretty prevalent in my household. Uh, uh, my daughters and my son play soccer. My wife loves coach soccer. Uh, I, I recently, the Women's World Cup was playing nonstop in my house. He's um, forced, he is forced to watch soccer. I don't particularly uh, care for it. I will and t- uh, I, I mean, I understand it's the ugly American stuff. I get it. But, you know, it's fun to have fun making fun. And we have had these conversations, me trying to educate him. I, I mean, uh, about, you know, we even have it on our short list of episode ideas for season five. You know, Eddie tries to get Terry to love soccer. And then the the, the last thing yeah. is um, the Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> yes. Uh, which is, yes. I'll let you it's describe another, it. Well, this is another thing that, you know, it, it was in the writer's room where like one day uh, we were in the writer's room and, this, and the topic of Weird Al came up and I shared my opinions and uh which are and well, well i'll tell you but but the writers are like holy shit this is funny let's try to work this in and we'll try to come up with a funny way to put this in um but my my thing was always with weird al and i am the minority of this because i know he's a wonderful guy and everyone loves him but i find it to be i find that song parody stuff to be one of the lower forms of, of comedy and one of the lower forms of entertainment like uh-huh. i think it's I always think of it as like when an like an opening or like a, a beginning improv group or, or or somebody like that is wants to do a bit, they'll take a song that exists and change the words, and then that's the funniest thing in the world. Right. And I think, you know, God bless him to his credit, 
He has made a living out of that, and he's considered the best at it. But I just don't find it to be satisfying <laughs> from a comic <laughs> standpoint. I feel like you're dude, taking, the dude is living in like a, a twenty million dollar mansion. I, I he is. I get it. But I feel like you're just taking somebody else's work, shuffling a few things around, and then releasing their work. I mean, I don't know how you do. It. You take someone else's song, you change the words a little bit, and then you make it your own. It's amazing. You're better than Weird Al. <laughs> sort of like if we took a beloved movie like It's a Wonderful Life and put like a spin on it. Uh, I, I I don't think that's true. I mean, I think that's I think there's so much more that goes into that what we do than than going from you know like a virgin to like a surgeon and that's going to be your whole that's a good song. song it's a good you know song. What I mean, I think it's it's a good song. I just don't find it to be that whatever. It's a good so parody. Anyway, I went on a little thing in one of the writers' room where I'm like, I, I don't really appreciate that style of comedy. Uh, I don't find it to be uh, uh, demanding or satisfying <laughs> in any way. There's no good way. And uh, I like, you know, I like. I don't how... particularly care for it. And uh, and everyone's like, how can you say that? He's so wonderful and he's so funny and da da da. And I, I don't know the guy. He may be the. I, I hear he's the greatest guy in the world. I don't know him. He probably is. I'm just saying. That style of comedy does not appeal to me. There, and that's, that's all it. I'm saying. That's just your opinion. And so, then the idea was, let's run with that. By the way, Weird Al Yankovic was one of the first celebrities I met when I came to Hollywood, and he could not have been nicer. I'm sure he's a wonderful guy. I, I mean, I, all things. And then the movie came out, and all this stuff was, you know, it was great. But I, I just, what movie? Uh, the Weird Al. Oh, Weird. Music. Yeah, yeah. Great movie. But um, you know, this this uh, uh, I'm bad. I'm fat. You know, it's just that it's not, I just don't find it to be that impressive. Y-O-D, Yoda, Y-O-D-A, Yoda. <laughs> yeah. I just don't, yeah. Another one rides the bus? Another one rides the bus versus another one bites the yeah. dust. My Bologna? Yeah. I just don't, I don't think it's that. But nobody thought that, that very I know that's the, the, the kitschy meta part of his career. I get it. Okay. You know what I mean? But so like, but so, okay. So one song that we put in here was a, was a spoof song that I had written. Right. That I really carpool lane. Carpool lane. Right. That I and, and by the way, I I wish we had I didn't realize we didn't realize this until after the fact that because we were spoofing it, the like the lawyers couldn't flag it. Like we didn't have to get the we didn't have to use. pay for yeah. the song. Yeah. So it's fair use. Yeah. But when when you come in to praise Granny for the song Carpool Lane, you don't sing the tune because we were yeah. worried on the we day. didn't know, yeah. So I but, just say the lines. Yeah. yeah. That song Carpool Lane? Oh, I love it. I only want to see you driving in the carpool lane, carpool lane, carpool lane. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I remember sitting on the, the, the can one day. Yeah. When it came to me, I was like, you know, I only want to see you driving in the carpool lane, carpool lane, carpool lane. <laughs> right. That's fucking great. It's good, but I I, I will Admit disagree with you that it's not that's great. That that's not where it came how it came up. It was us driving home uh -huh. from the airport together uh -huh. after a stand up weekend. Right. And we were driving in the carpool lane back right. from LAX. Okay, fair enough. And that's where you started singing. Okay, fine. Not fine. in the toilet. Okay, I I remember. I thank okay. thank you very and much. And I was there. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Why are you so mad? I'm not mad at all. <laughs> why why are you kidding. so mad when I'm so I'm just kidding. Like I care where the carpool lane song came No, I, I'm glad I was in the carpool lane. Yeah, you but were. Have you written any spoof songs? or? Uh, I have written songs, several songs. Yeah, yeah which ones? Yeah, they're in uh, Club Dread. I read a bunch of songs. Oh, okay. That. I mean, those are good songs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they're theoretically spoofing uh, Jimmy Buffett. 
rest in peace. Right. We also we came up with a song that would uh, spoof "Eye of the Tiger," which was "Cry, sure, yeah. Cry of the Cougar." The last thing you'll give is the Yeah, so we've done it, you know, in the past. Yeah. Or whatever. Although those we do intentionally to be correct, an intentional correct joke. Anyway, anyway, enough of that. So we basically we took all of our negativity and put it all into. I don't think it's negativity. I think it's constructive criticism. But go ahead. Fair enough. But we put them into Eddie yeah. and made them constructive criticism or his neg- his negative opinions about right. things. Right. And that this was his attitude towards what each person was doing. And, yeah. you know, with Granny... He was, was a ranter. He was a ranter about everybody. And yes. he was pissing everybody's Cheerios. Yeah. He, he hits Granny. He hits... He tells Mickleberry those uh, onion bagels uh, give him bad breath. Right. Mickleberry, you sit around all day eating onion bagels and you wonder why your breath stinks. <gasps> Edward Teaser Panisi. Well, maybe he's doing him a favor. Right. By the way. Right. Um, he tells uh, Ike, you know, stop thinking. <laughs> yeah. Like it's you're best, dumb, Ike. It, it's best for you to just stop yeah. trying to work things out. Right. Like I'll handle this, Ike. Respectfully, you have said some dumb things in your life, but this one might be the dumbest of them all. All right, let's talk to a guest. I would love to. Let's talk to Mr. Paul Soder. Let's do it, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do a proper introduction here. Can I, we do I that? I did one. We did. I said joining us, our friend from Broken Lizard, oh, Paul you did? Soder. Oh, okay. But I say that with our a smile comrade on my in arms. Face. I say that with a smile on my face okay. because Paul, I want you to know, I have turned over a new leaf, and I am just joyous, Steve Lemmy. We're trying. I, we're trying not to bicker. Uh, but isn't that part of what America loves about you guys—the battling Bickerson's uh, routine so. shtick that know. you do? No, but you know what's more important than what America thinks of us is what we think of each other. And I want Kevin to know I love him. What do you think of? Uh, oh, thanks, Lemmy. What do you think of, uh, look what at this, dick. can you see our little set behind us, sir? I love it, and I'm pissed off that I couldn't uh, we were hoping be there. If I, was, if I was there in person, would I be right next to you? Would I be across from I you? I think you'd be right, maybe right here, right in the middle of us, right in front of the pinata. You know what we should have done? He should have come in, and we would put our knees together right, and have him sit seat. on both of our knees. That'd be pretty good. Right, and then at some point, you guys would pull your knees out, and I go, I go down. Yeah, when the interview's over. Thanks <laughs> uh, for having you. Know, yeah. Disappear from view. No, it's a bummer. I, I, it's probably much better to have your guest uh, on set. We've never had one, so truth. Be all told, your guests have been Zoom. Oh, all the guests have been Zoom. Yep, we have. That's the way of the world these days, Soder. And we kind of sometimes like it because sometimes guests linger a little bit, and we like to just get them out. It would be okay if I lingered. Yeah, absolutely, he, of course. The guy wrote the episode. Of course, he Paul. wrote the episode. I know, guy. and it's an excellent episode. Oh, it's so good. What do you think about? Did you get a chance? What do you think about Tony Danza? So good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, he's he's fantastic. Delightful. Like uh, everything's fantastic. It's a it's it's uh <laughs> it's everything that I like about an episode. It gets really silly. Yeah, it's very whimsical, and it makes a lot of references to Hollywood IP that none of our audience probably knows or recognizes. <laughs> There's you know, it's it's a Wonderful Life. There's yeah. a Wizard of Oz reference. Yeah, Route sixty six. Yeah, a little it's Christmas just... Carol. A little bit of Christmas Carol, probably. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But so I I love it. It's yeah. you know that's what I look for. Um, but it's silly, you know. It's it's um, it's a bit of a departure, I think. Right? It's a little bit uh, sillier than the normal episode. It is. And but last season that was Rise of the Machines, uh, yeah. which I which I wrote. you also like, wrote. So I yeah. love to. I realize, yeah, that's my. You're the whimsical guy, I guess, is what it comes down. My to. sweet spot, whimsy. We need a whimsical yeah. script. Give it to Soda. Or, 
absurdist. But you know, that's that's the thing though. There's always room for something in Hollywood. You remember when we were working on um, the Dukes of Hazard movie, the script, and the studio felt, oh, we need some more emotional beats. Right. And so they hired a guy whose job it was to come in and put emotion into the into the script. And we used yeah. to. And they paid him quite a bit of money. And yeah, we used to, I can't remember what the guy's name was. Well, I don't, I don't want to say it. Super but nice I remember guy. we used to joke that, yeah. that he had a box of tissues in each room of his house because he was an emotion guy. Right. And he, he was, was always the, crying. Yeah, he was the crying guy. But so what if Paul Soder becomes the whimsy guy of Hollywood? Like when you need something kind of fucking whimsical, you get Paul Soder. And here, and then... and then talking like a tri-cornered hat <laughs> and a feather in my quill. They'd be lucky to have you, Soder. I'd be happy for the work. I'd be happy for the work. <laughs> we, uh, it's funny, you know, I was thinking, like, I think the dumbest thing about this episode, and it's the thing that tickles me the most, but yeah. you really have to be paying attention and you kind of have to be in the know, Yeah, is the thing you were talking about, Paul, is the whoosh. Every yeah. time the whoosh, in the ADR room, you can hear us going, whoosh. Where are we going? Oh, 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 oh. Ah, I love the whoosh. It's like, ah, it's, it's written in the script as they walk through the wall and whoosh, and then we put it in there. And, right? and it's so delightfully dumb. I don't know yeah. how we keep getting hired it's, for work. It's, but it's, it's not just you guys. It's it's a, like a sound effect and you guys? It's yeah. a sound effect. Yeah. And then... It's a whoosh sound effect and then the actual dialogue, whoosh. And we, and we you know, we measured the, the volume levels to make sure it was just subtle enough, but you can hear it. The other nice thing, though, Soder, is uh, on top of writing the thing, you're in it. You know, we, we bring back uh, the wolf in this episode. Two bites of the apple on this one. I know, it's great. And um, this was funny because I felt like we, it was like a, because it was this dream thing that we were allowed to do whatever the fuck we wanted to do with, uh, with Wolf. Mm-hmm. So we made him the chief. We had him uh, in a romantic relationship with Vicky. He's married to Vicky. He's married to Vicky. He's the father of Lucy. You know, he's cool. He's cool. Cool, but not that cool. I mean, you go. It's, he's still Wolf. I realize it's it's he is. it's, it's uh, a fine line. Uh, yeah, he's still wolf. on the day. I thought on the day I was playing him as a cooler version, and then I, I looked at it like, no, nah, that's still like but, I still. Am. But everyone <laughs> thinks he's cool. That's the difference. Everyone thinks he's cool. Right, 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 right. But it's a, that scene in the office really does. It gets very, very silly. It's really, really silly. You he's, take the kid out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the kid. Well said, my Thanks, friend. Thanks, man. Well Thank you, guys. Hassie in the in the dual role in that scene is, I think, just just delightful. Luki, She's great. Luki is a terrific character. Yeah. Oh, and, I love that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I love that guy, Luki. Um, what about um, what do you think about wearing the white shirt, man? It's a lot of responsibility wear that white shirt. Did you, did you uh, it is, it is, and you know what? It 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 shows everything. I f- I feel like it's uh, um, you know, like wearing the the dark suit. I think it has a um, you know, you you look it makes you look more fit. And yeah, like people that. look better in dark clothing. I yeah, so do I, I never thought about it. Yeah, I discovered this uh, last season when Eddie Panizzi became the chief. Yeah, the white uh, shirt is not a sexy shirt. No, I, I I actually couldn't wait to be done with that uh, portion of my filming. But I pull it off, though, right, you guys? You're very sexy, Kev. What do you think about uh, your romance with Vicky? I mean, I felt a little jealous. You were you were with my wife uh, in that episode, and my sister, and your and the sister. Yeah, I right, mean, right. You you had to watch your wife make out with Panisi. Yep, this season out yep. with both Boykins. Yep. Where do we go from here? What you know, like what's <clears throat> what's McConkie's breaking point? Uh, <laughs> and what's he make out? See her make out with somebody? Probably Ike. 
Well, no, Wolf is the breaking point, really. It is, well, that's the breaking point for Eddie, though. She vomited. It? You were married to Wolf Boykins. I don't think she vomited in the script. Um, we... I was watching it. It sort of took me by surprise that she vomited. <laughs> Um, the prospect of, of kissing the, the writer wouldn't put that. In the the director may have uh, directed her to to was I the vomit in the sink. You may or may well, not. Well, was have. it was set up? I mean, at some point, one of the script because it was set up where we had like you know her you know fake vomit. And, Do you know what it was? It like yeah. it was when we did the Valentine's episode, and and she and I kissed. Yeah, we had her vomiting but then we remember we we improvised her vomiting immediately but then we were like oh that doesn't work it conflicts with her punching me right and so then we were like we should have her vomit uh when eddie says and you kissed wolf boykins it'd be funny if she vomited instantly right right instant vomit yeah did that offend you sort of Fine. Those Fine. are those some of those funny things and i, I think we've had it a lot <laughs> with people uh, with from the writer's room and stuff like that is that you know, you write the episode and then you see the episode and there are things in the episode that weren't in the written part. And, you know, some of them are, imp you know, a lot of it's improv or whatever that comes out of the moment or whatever. Is that, a, is that a jarring thing to you to watch the episode that you write? And it's like, whoa, where did that come from? Yes, it is always, even when it's like, oh, yeah, well, that, yeah, that, that was super funny. Uh, it is always like what I, you know, <laughs> what I uh, but yeah, no, that's why I think, um, Really, that's probably the thing that caught me off guard about the vomiting was this felt like an episode where nothing deviated from the script, which always <laughs> makes me feel like I, I did a really good job. Uh, not, yeah, not, not very improv -y. I mean, maybe because this was so dense, there was just, this was so dense with very specific story that maybe it left less room for just the kind of, you know, bullshitting that that you would normally do well i think also because it was so kind of like it was kind of eddie and tony heavy and there probably wasn't a ton of improv in that world i think in the well, in the other shit you know like the who let the frogs out and all that kind of stuff there was you know i listened to the new stuff too lou let the frogs out croak 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 but, but even then those guys it, every every like line of dialogue out of the mouths of the people that were observing yeah are plot points yeah, are things that are telling us about their lives, and so there there wasn't as much. You couldn't really go off book on that stuff to improvise. Yeah, um, I, I think the one area that we improvised was with uh, um, Ike being psychic. I know that like on the day, a, a lot we had him start doing a lot of things when things would happen on the set that were scripted. We started having Ike go like, "Oh, I was just about to say that. I knew that was going to happen." Dick Taft. Oh! I knew he was going to do that. Right. Things like that. <laughs> right. he, he, he was calling things, but yeah. And then Tony... That's right. I think, yeah, it didn't catch me off guard because I realized I was there acting, so I saw it on the day. Right, yeah. And I think in my mind, because it's been so long since uh, we wrote that, that one was... Yeah, that I, I forgot that that was something that Ike was doing. Do you think... What's the what's the odds on this cat showing us it's asshole? <laughs> Because uh, he's done it a few times in a few meetings. Why do we have to? But I wish you could smell him. He smells fantastic. He smells like uh, perfume and pop parfum. One of the things I liked about this episode a lot was um oh oh, oh come on the asshole. I wanted the asshole. Want the asshole. There's the asshole. There's the asshole. Okay. Holy shit, that's a good trained cat. You like a cat's butt, huh? You <laughs> like it? You like that? Dude, that cat is a good performer. Uh, our our crack uh, art department. Went through the all the pictures 
that are in Terry's office, and they replaced my face with Soder's face. Mm -hmm. Yes. If people go and watch that scene again in the office, those are the Easter eggs of, you know, Soder has been, you know, photoshopped over my face and every single picture in the office. Well, those are, you which know, I think is fucking hysterical. And and it's also nice because, like, I, I think it just never occurs to people, uh, but like on the set in our workplace, you know. Then you'll you'll sit down in Terry's office, whether you're in the scene or or directing or just or watching, and you just happen to look over at a photo, and it's like <laughs> Soder's in it. It's not that you've seen the photo for the last five years. Yeah, it's 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 Wolf with young Lucy on his shoulders <laughs> right. and a six pack right. instead of Terry. Right, and it's it's such a delightful. I love the I love that moment. I caught it. I only caught it in that two shot. Uh... Of, of Lemmy and Tony Danza. So yeah. they're on the on the desk too? Yeah, so behind uh, Tony and Lemmy, there are a couple of ones like with my real daughters and whatever, and then your head's on those. And then there's, yeah, the, the ones behind the desk uh, where, you know, yeah, you get the little kid on your shoulders and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, there's some good pictures in there. But I think, you know, to me, you were talking about it. It's Wolf Boykins. I have to say that, like, Wolf is such a delightful character. And you think about, like, really what a pivotal character he is in our TV show. Like season three, Wolf is responsible yeah. for the cliffhanger. Yeah. And we haven't even talked to sort of about that. I mean, episode one, you know, he gets his, uh, his comeuppance on the, uh, on the set of the uh, Tacoma, Pittsburgh, Seattle, or the fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, well, Points. Wolf is the technical consultant, but yeah. you know, Wolf is the call. Like Wolf is a real fly in the ointment. And he has a way of showing up at just the right times. Like, this is the perfect episode for him to be in, for us to call him back from now episode one of season four. It's a great entrance shot for him. It would, you know, tilt up. And... But there's also something, I think there's something more satisfying when Wolf is the most annoying person in the episode. Uh, you know, that's when, it, that's when Wolf's a blast. Because then you just, you take that guy off the leash. Yeah. Uh, well, that's so a fun thing. He gets to be a cartoon character, you know. And that was giving me a taste for, you know, I what ultimately, you know, led to quasi and playing the Pope and playing Lucian of just like, oh my God, it's so fun to be obnoxious. I'll tell you what I do know. You're eating for two tonight. It's no filling up on stuffed olives and the like. Oh, don't mind me. I'll just walk the last bit. I hadn't done that before in Broken Lizard movies, and it's a joy. I've done that. I think. Have you? I can't <laughs> think of any. I'm, I'm trying to think of any role for you. But I will <laughs> confirm with you. I'll confirm what you're saying. It is a blast to be that guy. And I think that, you know, uh, Quasi is a good example for you is you can see how much you're savoring that, how much how enjoyable that is to be oh. that that character it does. It, it, i think it changes um at least for me it changes my relationship to like the camera and being on camera to where like you want to chew the scenery you want <laughs> the there right. you want the cameras on you and i you know that's not who i am have ever been as an as an actor like i'm always the guy who like has to remind myself oh no that be sure yeah that's where the camera is uh, uh usually i'm trying to like blend and and you know there's something great about as an actor having that relationship where you're like, fantastic. Put as yeah. many cameras as you've got. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> Your grace, is God all knowing? Do I shit in the woods? I don't know. You tell me. I do. It's divine. Oh. Though I cannot say how pleasant for the poor chap who has to wipe my ass. 
Um, anyway, uh, Soder, thank you. Thank you for um, all the wonderful work for all the four seasons and all the wonderful work you did on this episode. Um, of course, it's a blast. You know, this stuff is this stuff is fun, and um, you know, it's uh, best job in the world. All right, Soto, everybody, Paul Soder from Broken Lizard, Tacoma FD, and uh, what else? Quasi. Quasi Super Trooper, you name it, man. Yeah, that's yeah. all. That's all broken lizard. It's all broken lizard. Wherever comedy is sold, that's right. Um, nice. You can find me wherever. Mr. Paul Soder, fine comedy. Um, all right, thanks, all right. fellas. We'll see Look you soon. To seeing you uh, tonight. Yeah, see you tonight. See you tonight. Thank you, Paul Soder. Um, thanks. Always Paul. a pleasure to have Mr. Soder join us. Delightful. Very busy man. Um, and um, I got something for you. What do you got for me? Gag reel. You want to watch a gag reel? That's why I'm putting my headphones on. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, because we can, we can listen to it I'm and watch it. I'm holding my headphones. Let's, um, let's I got a gag, gag reel. And let me tell you something. There's a lot of Lemmy in this gag reel. It makes me feel like maybe that's your, your episode or something like that. I don't know. Let's watch it. What the hell is all the flavor for <laughs> Hey, so Hass. Yeah. When you're a guy and you sit, you sit with your legs open. Like a plie? Yeah. Like, look how Kevin's sitting. See him sitting? That's how you sit. That's how you sit. Ah! You groan. Yeah. yeah. yeah all the old guys do that, not oh. you. What's up, Luki? <laughs> <laughs> One more time. What's up, Luki? Drinks later? <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry. Whoa. Patent tiny taste air infused molecules. <laughs> a Lambo? <laughs> Tony, Tony's getting irritated now. <laughs> Fuck you, Eddie Benicia! <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Wave the camera and go away. Thank you. <laughs> AC Milan is currently number one in Calcio A, but Sassuolo and Juventus, Atalanta, Cagliari, Lazio, Sampdoria, Far. <laughs> but Sassuolo, Juventus, Atalanta, Cagliari, Lazio, Roma, Napoli, and Udinese are all in contention. Oh, and I forgot about Sampdoro. I'm the dumbest guy I ever met. That's I, everybody understands that, okay? You don't have to jam it down my throat. <laughs> 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 Sometimes you think my eyes can open wider than they actually can. Oh, fuck! Son of a biatch! Too much? <laughs> no, I don't want to upset you, but I think they really are. I appreciate that. <laughs> right in the dome, boss! Whoo! Oh man, I'm seeing stars. Oh, great being a dude though, right? Yeah, I know, it's sick. Eka. There you go. It's a good outtake reel. It's a good outtake reel. There's a lot of Steve Lemmy in that outtake reel. A lot of everybody. I mean, there's a lot of Lemmy in that outtake. I mean, it's your episode, man. It is. It uh, is. But there's like, but you know, we got a couple. Of, there's a couple of dick taps. I, I kept one of them in there where Marcus really dick tapped you. He really dick tapped me. And it's funny because he dick taps you there, and then what happens is everyone there, 
everyone else around, it t- takes a delay, but everyone's like, oh my God, <laughs> you really dicked up your heart. Well, because the thing about Marcus is Marcus is maybe the strongest human being I've ever met in my life. And even when Marcus is trying to pull back, he doesn't realize sure. how strong he is. Sure. And so when he dick taps, you don't want a dick tap from Marcus. No, because even a light dick tap, yeah. it's like a sledgehammer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, see, we got all your uh, soccer team. Got the soccer in there. That's good. Soccer in there, and um, in there we got a lot of Hassie being a dude. Which I think is funny sick. too. I love. I loved that. <laughs> um, there was something. What was it? Oh yeah, and there was also you saw Hassie like you know laughing and and futzing with her prosthetic yeah. mustache. That's a thing when you like. That's why we grow our mustaches for real. That's right. And people don't realize yeah, that this we, is a real mustache. Is a real mustache. Because what happens is when you have a fake mustache and you smile, the glue pops up. Pops yeah. the mu- it pops. And the then mu- it, it makes you feel like you shouldn't smile. And then you're, and then you're, then like, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> then you can't laugh. And it sucks. Right. So, you right. know. Um, all right. Let's wrap it up. Let's Shall we wrap it up? I would love to. Uh, okay. Thanks again, everyone, for watching this episode of Tacoma and of Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, the next episode, great. Kangaroo Court. Kangaroo court. Right, which is, we've always wanted to do courtroom drama, and this is how we did it. This is how we figured out how to do it. So It's a, it's a many-layered episode of television. And we have a guest in that episode uh, of Talk Homo who's going to come join us, Jamie Kaler, mm-hmm. uh, uh, otherwise known as uh, Jerry Polanski, Captain Jerry Polanski. Yeah. Because the local cops are back. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.